Welcome to the Sales Acceleration Show, where we talk about the science of selling across the areas of demand generation, sales, and sales operation. This show is about doing. We focus on real problems, real solutions with real people, all dedicated to accelerating sales. I'm Gabe Larson. And I'm Steve Error. Let's dive in. Welcome, everybody, to the Sales Acceleration Show. Excited for another day. Always interesting topics here. Um, you've got uh, myself, Gabe Larson, and then we've got a great guest. I'm, I'm excited. Um, Leslie, we were actually debating the best way to say her last name. I think we ended with Vanette's. Um, it sounds like that name gets uh, pronounced a little bit different depending on who says it. But, Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> so um, now Leslie is joining us from a company. She's the vice president of sales at a very interesting company called Carpathia right now. They're really getting their legs under them, have some cool stuff they're, they're uh, working on in the market. But rather than having me try to, try, try to explain your story, Leslie, maybe you could give us just a brief overview of, of you and kind of what you've been doing. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. Thank you so much for, for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience. Um, so Carpathia, still in event sales. Um, so taking advantage of really the, the decade of experience that I have um, creating events, building um, audiences that are excited to attend those events and, and can learn from one another. Um, but going from Fortune uh, 1000, um, very corporate events, now to a startup, Selling to startups, so I'm excited to to switch gears, um, and then you know excited for a big year ahead of me. I can only imagine. Now, normally, Leslie, before we jump into the topic, and I am interested in this topic today, we usually like to put people on the spot and ask them uh, to tell something a little more unique about them. <laughs> I gave just so everybody knows, I gave Leslie about a thirty second notice on on this point. But <laughs> Leslie, we like to have people. Um, you know, tell something a little more unique about themselves. Is there something that outside of business you're doing or you're passionate about that might be interesting for the for the group to know? Yeah, you know, I, I think like all salespeople, I am infinitely passionate and have my, my hands in a, a ton of different things. But um, if I had to, to pinpoint one of the most unique and, and most important things about me, it's that I am a native Montanan. Mm. Um, and, and most people listening right now are probably thinking, shucks, I have never met anybody from Montana. And uh, I'll be going back there July 1 of this year to get married. So oh my, my uh, fiancé and, and his family, as well as most of our friends, um, will be experiencing Montana and the, the Rocky Mountains uh, for the very first time. Oh, my goodness. Now, where are you located now? I assume you've, you've, you've lost your roots and moved away. You're not located in Montana at the moment, are you? No, no, I'm not. I am in Chicago. I've been in Chicago for about a decade now. Mm. Uh, just an extraordinary city. Um, lovely, lovely place. Great, great community. Um, miss Montana, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty attached to Chicago now. Oh, I can only imagine. Well, congratulations. I think you are the first guest we've had from Montana. Um, and have I been through <laughs> Montana? I don't know if I have. Um, any quick tidbits for someone who's traveling to Montana? Is there a go-to place 
you got to you got to you got to go. But it's Billings, right? That is yeah. the capital. That's all I can think of is Billings, <laughs> Billings, Montana. Billings is our biggest city. Um, Helena is the capital. We have oh, Helena is the capital. Oh man, dang it! Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it's okay. It's it's quite all right. I don't think um, Montana is probably the first state you're quizzed on in uh, in primary school when going through the the capital. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, two two national parks, um, both of which are extraordinarily beautiful. Glacier, which we share with Canada, and Yellowstone, which we uh, share with Yellowstone. Um, but visit mt.com. Uh, 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 has everything you could could need to know about spending some uh, amazing time in, in the state. Interesting. Well, I appreciate this. Now this is becoming a sales pitch for Montana tourism. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I can tell you're a good salesperson. Um, so transitioning <laughs> over. Um, so previous to the, the previous to this, you know, we were talking actually some really interesting things that you guys are doing and you're personally trying to accomplish. But we talked about the idea of selling to big companies, and it's always it's always. I don't know if anybody doesn't like that topic. Any company that, you know, you always want bigger deals. You'd always like to swim upstream. And it sounds like you've had some fun doing this. Um, would love to get into, and I don't want to steal the thunder. I was thinking of stealing the thunder, but I'm not going to steal the thunder and steal some of your ideas. But what are some of the things you've found <laughs> to, to see if you can't kind of crack that code and actually get into a big company and, and, and partner and, and become that kind of, you know, partner of choice. Oh, did I lose you, Leslie? And that really goes... Um, across all that really apply regardless of verticals and, and all the parties. A, a couple. Did I lose you there? You 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 lost me for just a for just a minute. Um, are you still there? Can you hear me? I. I am. I am. So I'm just going to start over. It's totally fine. We'll just, um, uh, I'm going to ask you that question one more time and then you can kind of just go from there and I'll splice it in the, I'll have the team splice it in the, the audio. Does that sound okay? Of course. Yep. No problem. Yeah. So, um, so previous to this, we were talking about, being able to sell to big companies. And I think that's always something that everybody wants to do. I don't want to steal your thunder, but I'd love to get into the concept of how have you found it effective to crack that code and, and actually sell to big companies. So maybe you could dive yeah. in and give us some of your, your secrets of success. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just as a bit of a background for the audience, I spent um, nine years selling into Fortune 1000 companies. Uh, my, you know, my customers, my clients, all VP, SVP, EVP, C-level titles, and um, really sold across all verticals and, and across all uh, departments within a, a company. And um, I think there are a few tips 
that really apply regardless um, of who you're, you're calling. Um, and I think the biggest one is that you really have to go directly to the decision maker. And um, one of the things we were kind of joking about earlier was, you know, sometimes you make statements that sound so obvious when, when you say them. Um, but you, you read so much now about how sexy things like social selling are and, and voicemails aren't, aren't dead. Um, but what I found is, is that it's a bit of a false expectation to think that you can call, call um, a, you know, a, a CFO, a CMO, a CIO, and, and leave a voicemail or two and, you know, send two follow-up emails and then hope miraculously that CFO is, is going to give you a, a call back. Um, unfortunately, yeah. it's not quite <laughs> that easy. I know, and, and, and the thing is, right, we all kind of buy into that sometimes. I mean, certainly that approach, you know, reaching out to people strategically works, but as you think about these really big, you know, CEOs of large companies, you're probably right. The, the, the two voicemail, one email approach um, may not just be enough to tip it over and get you the meeting or get you the conversation. So if that doesn't work, then how do you then get, get in with them? How, how do you build that relationship and find that direct connection. Yeah, absolutely. I am still a huge proponent of cold calling. Um, and I know that uh, that's a buzzword that, that brings up very strong emotions for salespeople. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, Everybody <laughs> calm down. Calm down. She just said it. She didn't mean it. <laughs> um, but, you know, really when you are going in for that, that first time introduction, um, and even if you have the best products in the world, something you know that, that is absolutely going to improve the, the life of the, you know, the CEO, the CFO that you're calling, um, you're still asking them for their time. That is a valuable asset. Um, you need to reach them directly and you need to get to the point quickly. So I really encourage my uh, sales executives to call the office, you know, I would say a half a dozen times. To, to try to reach that uh, senior level executive directly before resorting to any sort of, of you know, voicemail message with the, the gatekeeper. And um, what I recommend is being a little bit strategic in the times that you call. Um, obviously, you don't become a, a CEO of a company by working eight to five. Um, and, and you probably can identify with that. I, I think we started our call at about 6.30 a.m. your time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, organize your, I guess if you're calling nationally, organize your leads by, um, by time. And if, if you're calling more in a regional aspect, um, you know, try to call folks before you think the gatekeeper is going to get in over the lunch hour at the end of the day. If you find that somebody is, is never in the office in the morning, stop calling them in, in the morning, focus on the afternoon. So I think um, just being a, a bit more organized about the timing of your calls, that's going to, to help you overcome a gatekeeper and I, I guess more than overcome, sort of circumvent a gatekeeper. Um, and I think it's okay when you're, you're talking to gatekeepers to say things like, I'm sorry, you know, I'd, I'd be more comfortable um, just calling in until, until I'm able to reach Mr. So-and-so or, or Miss So-and-so. So I'd prefer to not hmm. leave a, a message 
prefer to not give a call back because that allows you in, in still a very professional and polite way to maintain control of the conversation. Um, because we all know, Gabe, the first thing that happens when you leave your phone number and ask somebody to give you a call back is that you are no longer in control. You're, you're putting the ball on their court. So interesting. So you are a proponent of the, of the quote unquote cold call. That, that would be one thing that you feel like if you're really going to get these people, you probably are going to have to get them. Um, but it sounds like, you know, you've experienced this and I would say most others have, if you really are calling big companies, you're going to get this gatekeeper executive admin. Um, you can read online probably some, you know, experiences or strategies um, that people have done with executive admins. In fact, one of the things we're just, Leslie, I've debated this topic as to, you know, how to deal with an executive admin. And I was, I had my team, we were researching online to figure out what, what is the best way to deal with it. A lot of people had stuff they've done to found successful, but I hadn't found a lot of research. So one of the things we're actually in, right in the middle of, we've had about 75 uh, interviews with uh, research assistants, or excuse me, executive admins. And we were just trying to figure out from them, you know, what is the best way to get around them <laughs> to get to sales? Or if it's been an interesting research project, <laughs> but that's a little bit of a side note. It's always funny, you know, getting, getting with them and saying, so how do we get around you? <laughs> but, but anyway, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a big question in the market. What have you found to be successful? You were just touching on a little bit, but I'd love for you to take it one step deeper. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the, the easiest way is to try to circumvent gatekeepers. If, if you have to dialogue with them um, directly, always keep it professional, always keep it polite. But um, a few things I find work really well is to not leave your contact information and, and just tell them why. I don't think that they're going to call me back. Um, so I would prefer <laughs> yeah, to right. follow up until I that. Um, I think sometimes honesty is the, the best policy. Um, certainly try to mirror the personality of the executive that you're calling. Um, if, if you start the conversation with ums and ahs and, oh, please, may I potentially speak to, that's not going to work. Um, sound like you believe that you deserve to, to speak to the person that you're calling. You know, Leslie Vanette's calling um, is, is, is Gabe in the office today. Oh, he's not, no problem. Um, I'm in and out, so you know I'd prefer to just try to give a, a ring back when when I have my next break in meetings. So, um, you know, just just you're you're busy, you're an important professional, your time is valuable as well, and um, you know I think you can communicate that um, while still being a, a nice person and still respecting that that gatekeeper, that executive assistant. So that's um, you know I, I think that's sort of the um, backbone of, of sure. my strategy that's worked pretty well sets the tone. So, so you're, you've been more effective at um, going for the cold call. Um, I really like the idea of thinking about what, what, what kind of hours an executive works. Um, I think there are times that you probably would find them maybe at different times, you know, rather than maybe your times are convenient for you. And then working with the, the gatekeeper um, in, in a way that's both appropriate and professional. Um, Love all the points there. Is there anything else as we kind of look to wrap here? Any other words of wisdom as, as people think about trying to get that per, that right person? And I like the idea of trying to, you know, go after the decision maker. A lot of people will ask and say, um, do I go high or do I try to go low and build my way up? It sounds like you're more of a, 
you know, just go for the juggler, go, go for the person. Is that, did I understand that right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's always valuable to, to pitch at different points in the hierarchy. But at the end of the day, if you are pitching a, a marketing director and you ultimately know that the CMO is going to be the check signer, you're really asking somebody else to do your job for you. You're asking that marketing mm-hmm. director to sell your product or, or your concept um, with the same level of excitement and, and knowledge that you would. And frankly, that's kind of unfair. Um, so multiple touch points are, are okay, but um, get to that decision maker. And when you do, gosh, have that impact statement ready to go, get to the point because they are busy people. And you might only have two or three minutes um, to, to, to spark their interest um, and, uh, you know, really get them excited about uh, continuing the conversation. So if yeah, so so and I, I keep asking questions, but I promise I'll get to the I'll get to the end here. But I am interested. So if you go, you know, let's say you you finally get them on the phone, um, and you know you you've cold called them or you've gotten around the gatekeeper. That moment sounds like it's obviously a moment of truth. You talked about having confidence with the gatekeeper, but you mentioned an impact statement. So I get on with this executive, and it is I caught them. They're mad that I caught them potentially. <laughs> You know, it's seven, it's 745. They thought they were going to have maybe an hour to get stuff done and you caught them on their phone. Um, what, what, how, how do you get to that impact statement or something that kind of gets the, the fish on the line so that you can in a couple minutes get going and get, get out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, funny enough, in the sales acceleration summit that, that Inside Sales hosted that we were chatting about, um, I heard a statistic that the um, average attention span of an adult is eight seconds. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> so what I always suggest is to make sure that the first sentence out of your mouth is something that is going to be exciting. Um, so whether that who else you're working with, um, maybe you were referred to that decision maker, whatever is going to make you most credible uh, right out of the, the gates and um, whatever is going to be most exciting to that decision maker. You know, I think you probably do have about 30 seconds to make mm-hmm. that full impact before you decide to uh, hang up or maybe put you on mute and type an email. But um, just never start those conversations by talking about the weather, by, um, you know, telling them what your, your <laughs> yeah, the weather. is. <laughs> I, I, yeah. love the, I love the weather one. You know, my, uh, my mentor and, and, and current uh, boss, Ken Krogh, he always jokes about the weather. You know, you say, um, you know, how's the weather over there? Well, it's weather. You know, how's the weather over there? Well, it's weather. <laughs> this weather here, weather. Uh, but it is the default on a lot of sales calls. You know, I don't know. I was kind of debating as I was listening to you. I mean, um, you know, I've, I've seen some people run the play. I think it's a Sandler sale model. I think they call it an upfront contract where they say, you know, hey, I, I know I bothered you. I caught you at a bad time. I hate cold calling, probably just like you get cold calls. But I've got 30. I, I, I need to take. I mean, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. I'm obviously not a right. professional, but, uh, you know, I've only... I, I don't want to bug you. I'm doing this cold call. Can I take 30 seconds? And if you like it, great. If not, you know, we're, we're good. That kind of honesty up front. Sometimes I feel like that actually comes off as a little manipulative. I thought that was an interesting approach. I've heard some people mention, you know, try to get their title out there. Like, hey, I'm the CEO of a company. Try to establish credibility that way. I've always liked 
man, if you've got a great rapport statement, you know, something like, you know, I mean, a credible referral, like John, you know, John Johnson um, told me I should call you. I was with him at lunch the other day and, and they happen to be mm-hmm. best friends. I mean, some great rapport statement. And now there's obviously weaker ones like, Hey, I heard you went to a trade show and I went to a trade show. It's like, Oh, that's probably not going to be right. So there's definitely levels of report statements, but that, I think that you're right. I don't know if it is eight seconds, but it is, you've, you've got a short amount of time to say, uh, get them at least to kind of agree or buy in that this few minute conversation is, is worth it. And I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a secret sauce on that one. I think probably each person is, is different. You got to test out some different methods. So those are a couple of my yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, pro- we, we probably um, exhausted some of that. I got to ask one last question is people think about getting the decision maker, or finding a target account. I mean, that's sometimes the biggest challenge, right? We focus most on once I know who I'm going after a- any secrets on, you know, figuring out which accounts I should go after um, or which, you know, who is the decision maker? You know, you mentioned if you know the CMO, it's the check signer, but what if I'm a little unsure about that? Is that something you just got to kind of play around with and navigate until you figure it out? Or do you have any secret sauce to that? Yeah. Um, you know, I never think it hurts to, to call other people in the organization, maybe even outside of the department you ultimately want to, to pitch. Um, and just see uh, if they'll have a conversation with you, um, you know, see what, what kind of dialogue they'll, they'll have, what they'll reveal that will help you. Um, you know, even at my heyday of cold calling when it was, uh, you know, 150 dials a day, I still <laughs> always made an effort to have something that made me sound a bit more educated. So, um, you know, maybe just Google search their name, see if they're, they're published, take a look at their LinkedIn profile. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do think there is so much information out there um, that sometimes it just takes five, 10 minutes of research before you pick up the call um, to, to have a better idea of exactly who you should, should target. Yeah. I, um, there's a, there's a balance on, on, you know, spending, I know sometimes the analysis paralysis, I see reps spending hours on trying to find the exact person. I'm, there's gotta be a balance of quantity and quantity, quality, you know, finding the right person, but getting enough activity in there so that you actually can get people on the phone. Um, I probably lean more on the quantity side. Sometimes I've seen reps spend so much time researching. It's like, oh my goodness, we've got the, you got to actually pick up the phone, you know? Um, but I like that. I, I do feel like that strategy is you do a little bit of research, maybe grabbing a rep or something or someone to say, Hey, what do you guys do? Or what, what's going on? Give me a little bit of info, especially if you've got that common connection, I think it'd be really powerful. So, whew, well, Leslie, appreciate yeah. your time today. I know I told you I only have two or three questions and we had 12, but um, very interesting. I think a very relevant topic and some interesting perspectives. Um, going back to, you know, people joke about it, but, um, you know, you're never going to sell a deal via email. You've you got to actually talk to this person. So getting the, the courage to do it, get it done, I think is is still not a, a, a bad way to do it. So appreciate your time today. Um, if, if someone from the show wanted to get in touch with you or continue the conversation, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I can be found on uh, LinkedIn. I also have a, a blog called Calling Mastery 
www.blogspot.com, um, but always available to, to answer any questions, mentor, provide guidance. So uh, please don't hesitate to, to reach out. Perfect. Well, um, as always with, with us on the Sales Acceleration Show, you can email us. You can find myself and Steve Ayer on, on Twitter. Um, always happy to continue the conversation. And with that, let's get at it. Yeah.